Oh my god, hi, it's us. Your favorite podcasters. Your favorites. <laughs> we are putting that on you. If you're listening to us and we're not your favorites, reevaluate. Then, yeah, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> this is the last episode of season nine. Oh my god, I can't believe it. Wild, and we'll be releasing season 10 yes there is a season 10 yay um sometime in june yeah tbd but it'll be june sometime once we know you'll know (laughs) exactly (laughs) and our last guest is just such a joy so so funny so inspirational she is luna lovegood in real life she's honestly from the uk she is a true New Yorker. <laughs> a true New Yorker, born and bred in Manhattan. Crazy. And Wild. a great songwriter. And a great songwriter <laughs> and a great friend. Great friend. And this is Sarah Gargano. Um, and Caroline, go. I think you said it wrong. It's Sarah, Sarah Gargano. <laughs> Gargano. Yeah. Th- this will all make sense when you listen to the episode. Just. <laughs> You gotta listen now, or else we sound like crazy Italians. <laughs> Italians. This is Sarah Gargano. Gargano. It's the final countdown. <laughs> oh, hello. OMG, hi. Hey. <laughs> Hi. And welcome back <laughs> to the Songwriter Diaries. This is the last episode of season nine. And don't worry, we're coming back with season 10. It has been confirmed. Thank God. Um, but <laughs> but to close <laughs> this season as our finale guest, we have Sarah Gargano. Gargano. <laughs> perfect. That's the perfect pronunciation. I need everyone to know that we, we've had some computer issues, so this is our second try at recording, um, so hopefully it's all going smoothly now, but in that break, I asked Sarah how to pronounce her last name, and she said, I don't really know. <laughs> that so, was funny. I did hear that, that while funniest. I was like not being able to hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the the best response i was like okay i'm just gonna roll with what i said then (laughs) anything anything works (laughs) (laughs) so can you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the music industry that's a that's a good question um (laughs) hmm. i guess i started writing music when i was 15 or 16 I was a big Taylor Swift fan. I still am. And yeah, big, big fan. So that's definitely what first got me writing. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) What was your favorite Taylor Swift album? Yes, I need this information. It still is for nostalgia reasons. Yeah, I hear on valid. Taylor Swift TikTok that she most likely will be. That's the next album she's going to release. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Hints have been I dropped. I I can't keep watching all the conspiracy theories. I know there's, there's so there's many, and I'm not even well, like that big of a Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> but like yeah. I'm on Taylor her Swift TikTok. Broke up. Her and her boyfriend broke up. We, who knows? I thought they were but engaged re- or something. Everyone's reporting on it. Even Billboard reported on it. I just never understand like why people care so much. Like I, I mean that is true. I obviously also have, like, an intense parasocial friendship (laughs) relationship with Taylor. But also, like, I have no idea what goes on in her personal life. So true. And, like, I more so just care about what goes on in her music. Yes. Yeah, and if there's a breakup, a great album is coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of over the lovey-dovey shit. Mm -hmm. Like, engagement would be nice for you personally, but for me as a consumer, I'm kind of into. <laughs> I need like, you to be heartbroken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not wishing that on you, Taylor. I guess. So sorry, Megan. Maybe you would relate more to the happier songs. Not me. Not Who me? me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're in a relationship. Me and me and Caroline over here. Okay, so you started writing music when you were 15, 16. Something like and. That. And did you know you wanted to be a songwriter for the rest of your life? Like, what did the rest of your path look like? I did. I I think because I was a Taylor Swift fan and she got discovered or whatever when she was like 12, I was like, I need to do that. Like, I'm getting so old. Uh, but I, I really wanted... I just, yeah, I always knew and I always loved writing. So I definitely am more focused on lyrics than music usually. Mm. But love it. I, yeah, I always knew. I love that. I yeah. also love that um, like 15, 16 was like too old <laughs> to like yeah. get discovered. It was. Even now. We've aged out. Even now. Olivia Rodrigo. Billie Eilish. Like, like all those people yeah, getting discovered so young. young. I feel like a grandma in this industry. I know. Mm, For sure. I feel that so hard. It's like who? Oh my gosh. What was the actress's name? That one for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, Michelle Yeoh. Who, yeah. Saying in her speech, don't let anyone tell you you're too old. No. Don't let anyone tell you you're too old. You're not too old. Like in her 60s? Yeah, oh. I think she is in her 60s. Wow. Mhm. I love yep. that. Me too. Yeah. So you're it's never too true. old to follow your dreams. So true. You know? Um so what does your typical songwriting process look like? feel like it's different every time love that recently i have a long list of song title ideas in my notes app on my phone and i refer to that a lot and just try to let that but i would say most of the time i'll like have a little idea of something i want to write about and i'll just strum some chords and see what kind of fits the vibe and I'll write the lyrics kind of at the same time as figuring out the melody. Yeah. Yes. And when you were in Nashville visiting, did you enjoy co-writing with people? I did. 
how did that process go for you and how was it different um, from writing solo? I think, I feel like collaborating with other people is almost always bound to have a better product. Like not ri- like it's going to be probably less personal. And usually when I write alone, I'll take more artistic freedom and make it more about, I don't know, me than making it a coherent song. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just it's also like it gives me ideas for my own songs, working with other people and it's always fun. Even even if you don't get a good song, just gets your gets your music blood flowing. <laughs> yes, I know. I forget how important that is and I've been trying. This is an update for the podcast and for Meg. I haven't told Meg this. Um, I talk to you like every day, so I figure you know everything about me. Um, but I've tried, (laughs) I'm saying this like I've been doing it for a month. It's been like a week. Okay. (laughs) But I've been trying to write for 30 minutes every day, whether that's that's songwriting or a journal. And Mm -hmm. I always set a timer and without fail, every single time the timer goes off and I'm like, I'm not done. Like I'm still invested in this. Yeah. And Honestly, sometimes I force myself to stop because I'm like, okay, I need to like keep this love affair going Mm. and like have something to come back to. Mm. But I finished my first song in like a while. A while. So, and it obviously needs editing and it's not perfect, but something's done. So that's exciting. Oh my God. So I definitely get the idea of like getting juices flowing. It really does help. It no does. matter how cheesy it, it sounds. Does. Yeah. And I know that feeling so well when you're in a block and suddenly you finally get something out. And it's just, yes. I feel like whenever I don't write something I like for a while, I think I've just forgotten how to write. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel what that. a mood. I had like one of those existential crises like two days ago being like i can't every write day. songs anymore <laughs> literally every day also it's so funny so sarah and i co-wrote while she was in town and we got a little something started and yeah got a little something raunchy started Ooh. and <laughs> that's how it's if that's taken out of context that sounds so wrong <laughs> songwriting wise the song is raunchy anyway we were looking through our notes trying to get inspired and I'm looking through my notes app and I'm like, these lines are absolute garbage. Like what era of my life was I in when I wrote this? And I'm just like, no, no, I'm like scrapping things. So I think I need to get better at staying in the routine because when I'm just writing one off lines, one of the best things about free writing just in a journal is that you kind of write through the junk. And I feel like I've heard a lot mm-hmm. of people say you need to just write, even if you write the same things over and over again, eventually you'll arrive at something better. But for whatever reason, you need to like get through that little, maybe not good chunk of writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, yeah. I love that saying, write through the junk. That's like, I want to write that down. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wait, me too. Write it. Write <laughs> through that the up. junk. 
Maybe we're gonna, ooh, say, I'm gonna add that to my list of song titles. I kind of like that. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! It. No one take it. Copyright. Uh, copywritten. <laughs> patented. We can do a three-person co-write. We can do a three-way. <laughs> a three-way. <laughs> Launchy. Say that, and then I was like, mm, I, "Oops, wrong." wrong <laughs> yes. So my next question for you is do you feel more connected with the term songwriter or artist and why? That's a good question. Thank you. (laughs) They they really are different things. Mm -hmm. I think I feel more connected to artists because I feel like songwriting is generally talking more about a formula. Not, I don't know. I'm just, I'm such a, like, angsty person, and I, I'm i also into a lot of other types of art, so I feel mm. like I relate to that all around, but I also, I also just, like, love songwriting as an art, but I do think those are separate things, and I like, I like kind of promoting myself as an artist in combination with also writing the songs yeah yeah (laughs) would you ever like sing a song someone else wrote for you and perform it no No. i never play covers never i just i feel like maybe i need to gain more confidence in myself but i i don't think i'm like that good of a singer or an instrumentalist and I don't know, but I, I think I'm a good lyricist. I know I'm mm. a good lyricist. And yes. I just, I feel, I always feel confident when I play a song, if I'm telling my own story. Mm-hmm. But if it's someone else's, I'm like, uh, someone else could play this other person's song better. Yeah. I yeah. completely relate and agree to that agree with that because like nine times out of ten when I'm singing a cover I'm just like I'd rather be singing my own song like why am I even bothering learning someone else's song and I have a whole list of songs that I need to edit and finish and then I could perform you know it's like I totally get that Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. I I feel like people always talk about how in Nashville you can make a lot of money like playing on Broadway and stuff oh, yeah. but I just I wouldn't want to do that because I don't like playing mm-hmm. covers mm-hmm. yeah it's all covers and I feel like yeah covers are only incorporated in sets for the audience you know it's like mm-hmm. to yeah. keep them kind of engaged because as you know independent small songwriters they're not going to know all the words to our songs right but they'll know every word to I, I don't even know hits, yeah which is the greatest hits yeah I love like yeah. personally I love when I can sing someone else's song like it's my song like mm, that's yeah, when it it's own. like a good cover it's like when yeah mm-hmm. when so yeah when you just it's complete it's like your own song now and like I've yeah. been in bands where we've had we've done a few covers and like um like for example my old band sister neapolitan we used to cover gold dust woman by fleetwood mac and at like Mm -hmm. after doing it so many times like it 
kind of became like our rendition of it and it was like it's our song now um and so i like that but like um when i play solo i never play covers but when i'm in bands i'll we'll all do like Mm. you know a couple covers but it's yeah i totally get that that's so Mm. true actually and there i feel like i hear a lot of covers sometimes where i'm like i just love that person's style even if they don't like have a super like technically trained voice I just like love Mm. the way they they cover something and I'll like download that version and listen to it like Taylor Swift once did a cover of Riptide that's what it's called right by Vance Joy and I was obsessed with her cover and I listen to it all the time still Mm -hmm. sounds really different than the original yeah oh yeah i think about the song by somebody else um by 1975 oh the first time i ever heard that song i didn't know it was the 1975 i heard a cover of it by hold pause for dramatic effect while i try to look this up i'm like i have it saved drum roll please i think i think it's verity or verite I don't know who that is. Um, Verite. V-E-R-I-T-E with little. I feel like they're called. check that out now. It is so good. I like it better than the original, but I also heard it before the original. Mm-hmm. So that could be why. Yeah. Because um, I told our friend Katie that a long time ago and Katie got really upset. Oh, yeah. She's a big <laughs> 1975 stan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, and I do love the 1975, Mm -hmm. but I love that cover. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah. And it's so different. It's not the same song Mm. because I remember I heard it by the 1975. I was like, oh, this is an interesting cover. And they're like, what? No, this is their song. (laughs) What are you talking about? Yeah. So, Um, yeah. So what advice would you have for people who are looking to start writing and releasing their own music? It's so weird because I started writing so long ago that I can't imagine wanting to start now. But I guess back then, what did what did I do? Also, when I started releasing di- music, it was also really different because the music industry changes so fast. Like the last EP I released was in 2020 which isn't that long ago and it was before tiktok was really a thing at all yeah and now i'm trying to navigate using tiktok because i don't i never really used to that um but i don't know i i think it is i think journaling is always a good idea then you kind of figure out what you want to write about Mm -hmm. uh yeah listening to artists you love and picking out the things you love that they do when they write trying to implement that and eventually you'll form your own style yeah love that i think that's great advice yeah yeah it's so hard the scene changes so rapidly yeah that really does i've i've like posted a couple tiktoks like random tiktoks and a couple songs but I'm like, I should try to get actually invested in it. And then I'm like, by the time I understand what this app does, 
it's going to be gone. And then so I'm thinking that it's, it's going to be obsolete. Girl. And so, and I see all the creators on my For You page crying about how the app is leaving. And I know. Like, is it like, actually okay, going to so leave, though? Have they banned it? I don't know. So now I'm like, so yeah. now I don't have to waste my time learning that. <laughs> but also now every other social media platform is Has, in the reels thing. Yeah. And I'm like, why didn't we just keep Vine? Yeah. Keep Vine. Like, what? Yeah. But True. Anyway, that's a whole other tangent. But <laughs> um, so you live in New York City. And Fancy. I'm curious what your favorite and least favorite things about the music scene in New York are. Mm. There are a lot of really good and cool musicians. I feel like because I just spent a month in Nashville, I've been comparing it in my head a lot. And I do think there's a lot more opportunity for collaboration in Nashville just because literally everyone there is a songwriter. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it just it doesn't it doesn't feel like people prioritize it in the same way in New York. And I do know a good amount of musicians at this point here. I feel like there are also less. This is maybe more when I was in high school, there were a lot of open mics, but in the past few years, there just haven't really been many Mm. just do your own shows and yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of good venues for smaller artists. Like are, there are, but I would say that they don't, always have a built-in audience so a lot of the time it's just you performing for your friends and family which is so fun and sweet but it's I feel like anywhere you play in Nashville they're they're just they're just people everywhere wanting to hear music Mm -hmm. yeah like there are designated listening rooms here yeah um that can be harder to book depending but there I think for sure the audience is built in. Like there are so many people that will just be visiting Nashville and go to a listening room yeah, as part of their played like a bluebird open mic. I just meet mm-hmm. so many people and they're all quiet the whole time, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. That's a lot harder to find in New York, I would say, but there are there. I feel like, like how we were talking about the difference between being an artist and a songwriter earlier, there are probably a lot more people leaning towards the artist side here versus the songwriting side in Nashville. I don't know. I I might just be saying things. <laughs> I haven't spent that much time there. But I do think there are a lot of like cool and very unique individual artists here, which is inspiring definitely That's cool. yeah what was it like this is tang. this is like a random question but so yeah. i grew up in like a tiny town in the middle of nowhere oregon like in the trees in the woods i like I it was pretty. it was yeah it was amazing so i i can't even fathom what it would have been like growing up in manhattan <laughs> Just, like, shine a little light on that really quick. A lot of people say that. But for <laughs> me, I can't imagine 
the way you grew up. Yeah. It sounds so crazy to me. I When I was growing up, I was always so jealous of people who had, like, big football games <laughs> and, like, had to drive. Play. I don't know. I ju- it's just weird because I feel like every coming-of-age movie, like, high school coming-of-age movies are always in the suburbs. Yeah. And then oh, yeah. all the, like, fun, like, early 20s, 30s movies are in New York City or, like, L.A. But mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in the suburbs, and I was always like, that looks so cool. I want that to be my <laughs> life, which seems so silly now. And, like, I do think New York is the best city in the world. But I didn't I didn't know that when I was like seven, ten, thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's hard too because you don't have other I mean, I guess the kids you grew up with you relate to, that they're all yeah. city folk. Yeah. But it's I think the target audience for those movies we grew up with were the kids in the suburbs because that was everybody. Yeah. Everybody was a kid yeah. in the suburbs. Yeah. It seemed like. I mean, apparently not because Sarah, you did not grow up in the suburbs. <laughs> but. Most people I know didn't since most people I know. Yeah. Are from yeah. New York. <laughs> yeah. That's just so wild. But yeah, I mean, the movies were that's definitely so cool. targeted towards the, the majority of the and also, mm-hmm. I feel like I just am nonstop bringing up Taylor Swift, but watching her music videos like You Belong With Me, where she was like in the marching band. Yes. So I was like, I want to be the girl next door who, but I can't because I'm in the city. I'm a city girl. <laughs> sounds so stupid now. Hey, but it's, I feel like you always want what you didn't have kind of thing, you know, like you long for something else. The grass is always greener. So true. That's, that's understandable. Um, so if you could choose three other musicians or bands to share a bill with, who would you choose? That's such an, like, I don't know if I would choose my favorite artists, you know, Mm -hmm. it's weird because a lot of my favorite favorite artists i don't think my music even sounds like theirs at all uh but uh, there i love so many musicians my my two favorite musicians are like connor obers from the band bright eyes yes the best uh and i love like a lot of pop punk music too like the front bottoms Mm-hmm. and groups like that so i don't know like there are just so many and they're all different vibes like i also love a lot of pop music like taylor mm-hmm. Swift, julia michaels olivia rodrigo mm-hmm. but i would say the majority of the stuff i listen to is more like sad indie boy genius i'm freaking out about their new album oh my god it's so mm-hmm fucking good it's absurd how good it is yeah it is um so i don't know like literally literally any of them i would die but then also at the same time i'm kind of nervous to meet like my heroes because the idea Mm. of not liking them or them not liking me would destroy me terrifying well that's not gonna happen 
they're gonna love you Maybe when you meet them avoid them so then yeah have that would be know. my strategy yeah 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 i don't know it's i feel you on that though of listening to music that you don't write because i listen to um a lot of rap specifically a lot of kendrick lamar i thought the main thing was rapping caroline (laughs) yeah i'm such a rapper (laughs) little caroline (laughs) (laughs) little c c. Um, i think that is actually my name in lily or pearl's phone is lil c i think it is is lil c yeah they're gonna have to confirm that i don't think it was from rapping i i don't rap okay to clarify not (laughs) rapping will never rap i I never say never anyway kendrick lamar i listen to him love him but i would love to share a bill with him but it'd be a little off (laughs) it'd be it it wouldn't the vibes would not vibe you know yeah uh so i get that it's like an eclectic music taste yeah that's a much more extreme example actually I th- like if i like in what world would i open for kendrick lamar i guess you never know but like in what world yeah in what world honestly oh, i would love that it sounds i would i would do anything i would do anything oh. for that man well, and i don't even know him <laughs> Fuck. i would do anything for him He's married, I think, with two beautiful children. Oh, good for him. Okay. I'm pretty sure that could all be false information, but I, I think because they're on the cover of his album, I think that's his actual family. Oh, oh, that's cute. Well, you can. That could all be fake news. I'll have to check. Fake on that. news. <laughs> yeah, we're all gonna have to do our Kendrick research later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pff, what do I do in my free time? You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what goals? do you have for the next five years for yourself as a writer, as an artist, as a person? And if you don't have goals, that is okay. Because sometimes I feel like I don't really have any goals. Yeah, I feel that. I think they change. Well, I guess the goal is that you accomplish your goals and then you have new goals. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think my big goal for this year is to open for someone so when we were just talking about that maybe not kendrick lamar (laughs) but someone someone of higher higher fame than me i really want to do that and i'd love to also on the just non-artist songwriting side uh be in more writers rooms maybe get more writing credits that would be cool so those are my goals we'll see i don't know about i'm just gonna focus on those things and hopefully that won't take five years and then i'll think of new goals and i'll get back to you i love it yes i think attainable small goals what are those called smart goals Yes, smart. What is it? Specific, specific, measurable, measurable, attainable. attainable. Oh, I never remember what the R stands for. Reasonable, rational, um, something, and then time. Time. Right is the last Mm -hmm. one. Time. Oh, like finish the goal in like a certain amount of time or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm Hmm. 
Okay, wait, I'm looking it up. Specific, measurable, achievable, not attainable, but the same thing. Yeah. Relevant. Relevant. And time-bound. Time-bound. <laughs> Which we love those. Also, journaling helps a lot with that. Love that. you've already suggested. This is inspiring so. me. You both are inspiring me. This is, I need some more smart goals. We're very... We're very inspirational. You are. Yeah. Should we have an episode about our smart goals, man? I think we should. You should. I would. I would absolutely love that. <laughs> I. I would need to come up with a couple. I. Me too. I'm really good at preaching things and then not ever doing. <laughs> Aren't we all? I'm, I'm like I can give really good advice. Will I take it? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. And the potential is there. Is there? <laughs> Maybe a higher chance than opening for Kendrick Lamar. Is, oh, that, definitely more probable. Kind of, that kind of hurts me a little, but, like, you're right. No, it hurts me a little. You are going to open for him. If, even if no, I could just, like, be the one to clean his right. shoes or something. You know, like, I would yeah. just go on tour with him. I would pay him to go on tour with him. I feel like you can um, happen. I feel like I could. Smart Maybe not the goal. shoe cleaning thing. Smart goal. Um, Smart goal. Oh, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was waiting for okay, you. Good. Yeah, I think we were both done. Oh, good. I, that was. Mm-hmm. Just, I was okay, just like. Do you, um, and do you want me to talk now. about Kendrick? Do you want me to talk about Kendrick? Some no, more? it's okay Keep, because I can. <laughs> You're gonna have a lot of Kendrick content to cut out of the podcast. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, it's that time. It's the last question. We ask everyone this question. It's so fun to hear everyone's, you know, meaningful blah, blah, blah answers. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. There, this question is, why do you write songs? I feel like that changes over time. Mm. But the reason I started was I was very badly bullied in middle school and it's fucked up sad it's okay we're fine now okay good you know took some ssris and everything was fixed but um (laughs) that's amazing took some ssris and now we're look at us everything's fine now but i think i don't know maybe i feel like when I see middle schoolers still, I get scared. They're scary. It's awful middle age. meaner than ever. The worst. The worst. I'm so terrified for my nieces and nephews to hit that stage. Um, but I'm taking this as a mental health check. Um, are you in therapy, Sarah? How How is our mental yeah, health going? I am. Okay. I, I just started seeing a new therapist. And I also wrote a song about therapy that I'm going to release soon. Fun <gasps> Oh, oh my, my god! Love it. A positive song now, but still but therapy. So love it. That's, we love therapy here. Yeah, we love mm-hmm. it. Love. But yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I started writing because I, back when I was twelve and thirteen, I was like, I want poetic justice, and like when I heard the song "Mean" for the first time, I was like, I want come why do you write songs now? How has it changed? I guess I don't. It's funny because back then I thought that becoming famous would be like what would make me feel good about the kids who bullied me. But now I think mm. being that famous sounds kind of terrible. 
Um, but I do just love the idea of being able to give other people what I've gotten out of my favorite artist's music. Like, music has totally saved me, which I'm sure a lot of people could say. So that, I don't know. Who knows if, like, maybe one of my songs won't affect anyone, but even if one song affects one person and makes them feel more understood, that's so beautiful. And if I'm writing them anyway because it feels like I have to to get things off my chest, then I might as well release, put them into the world. Yes, I love that. I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Beautiful. Also, I need you to know it was so hard for me not to reference Kendrick Lamar when you said Poetic Justice. <laughs> um, you have a song called but, Poetic Justice. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best songs of all time. Caroline's face right now. Poetic I know justice. it. Uh-huh. I don't know. I know it. It's, um, oh my gosh. I mean, I could perform it right now, but I'm not going to, I don't know. That would be good blackmail for justice. me. Put it in a song. All right. All right. That's that's the main line. <laughs> I have to fact check myself. I was like, that is the title, right? Yeah, it is. The song that you are sending us out with on this episode of the podcast is London. Can you tell us a little bit about the song and when you wrote it, why you wrote it? Absolutely. I wrote it, I would say, in like August 2019. I was about to study abroad in London and I was just, I was so excited and I had this weird feeling that I would want to move there. I I hadn't even gotten there yet. I was just anticipating how much I would love London and maybe it was a self-fulfilling prophecy, but I really did love it that much. And... Yeah, we were talking about how I'm now banned from the UK, but... That's so fucked up. I still love London, and <laughs> and I knew I would, and I wrote that song about it, so... Oh my gosh. And to clarify, not for drug smuggling. No. For no. visa problems in COVID times. Yes. So. This is London by Sarah Gargano. I grew up in where I cut off all my hair Apologies if I don't call much Maybe I'm just having brunch somewhere Pretending I'm not scared But I'm scared Starting over, won't 
I'll make friends, won't let them ever slip away. A new home and I.